8.6 million dollars. Think about this. And the race, it didn't work. It didn't work. Today's program is titled Republicans were gloating before the votes came in. Now they are shell shot. Subtitle Republicans started counting the chickens before the eggs actually hatched. And they lost the bet. Big. Not only in local races, but in other races. I think it's something that should educate everybody on one important issue. You aim to serve the people. You do not aim to serve a corporation. Folks, this is Politics Done Right on KPFT. This is KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Thank you guys all for being here in the, well, listening to us on air. It's great. I'm here sitting uh, in the studio with my daughter, Ashley. I don't know if your mic is on yet, but let's see. Good afternoon. Well, I don't think it's on yet, but that's all right. We'll we'll get it on. Go ahead. Have a now. Ah, it's on now. All right. We're, we're having <laughs> good fun. Good afternoon, everyone. And I want to say good afternoon as well to Stuart. Stuart is masterfully running a two-person studio all by him, by his lonesome. How are you doing this morning? All by myself. Oh, and he has a voice too. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> nah, it's all good, Egberto. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, man. We are going to have a call in later, folks, from, uh, from, um, from Daniel Cohen. He's a, the president of of Indivisible Houston. We're going to talk about elections, but you can start calling us right now. 713-526-5738. Press two because, you know, Stuart, Stuart, you know, Stuart knows that I have a short span. So what he does is he writes it down. Big Birdo, don't forget, type two, 713-526-5738 and press the number two. Anyhow, we're going to have a great show. So what happened yesterday? Let me tell you. I don't know if you guys followed the show that we had last night. Last night we had a, a sort of a, a, a show for the, for the election and we had four people here discussing the issues, et cetera. We didn't really know how it turned out, but we got a call from uh, Akua who was on the panel. She was uh, outside on, on the panel and she started reading out some of the exit polls. And in reading the exit polls, it was clear to me based not on knowing actual numbers, but based on what the people were saying that this was not going to be some kind of a red wave. How did I know that? It was clear. It was clear because what happened is the items that people were concerned about, the items that they were worried about, actually meant that it was likely it wasn't going to be on issues like crime as a major absolutist issue. It was going to be something else. And you know what, folks? It was. It was something else. Anyhow, Alexandria, Alexandria, uh, Alexandra, not Alexandria, Alexandra Miller. She spent $8.6 million. Um, uh, is that a phone call that I see as, as number one? I, I see a telephone number on number one. I don't know if that, that's a call coming in or not. Okay. Okay, great. Um, anyway, Alexandra Miller spent $8.6 million up and until uh, just before the election, the last reporting time that she did. 
And what's interesting is that that was not enough to buy votes. If you guys remember what I said when I had uh, two different uh, two different politicians in here. Well, one was running for judge. She won. Uh, uh, Jackson, Juanita Jackson. She won her race. So she's now Judge Juanita Jackson, as well as we had former state representative uh, Gina uh, Kalani in here. We were talking about the amount of money that people put into these uh, these politics and why they're doing it. And one of the th- words that I said is do not allow yourself to be purchased. I said that on that Friday. I said that on that Wednesday. Do not allow yourself to be purchased. Remember, it's still one person, one vote. Remember that if they are paying all this sort of a money in there, I tell you what, it actually means that they want something out of you. And those particular politicians are not in there to serve you, but to serve those who gave them money. On the internet, we have Gene Mayer says, I love it. Thanks for all your work, Igberto. Thank you so kindly, uh, Gene, for listening. Please remember to share uh, what you're hearing here on KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. So what happened? Um, I, I think... In the beginning, I, I wrote a newsletter the day before telling folks not to listen to the polls. And the reason I didn't want folks to listen to the polls is the polls can get kind of depressing. And what folks fail to realize is a poll is just a snapshot in time. And in being a snapshot in time, it means that all other influences can still take effect on you. And that is exactly what happened. I don't think that I'm not one of those poll deniers. I'm not one of those who would say, don't believe the polls that are all wrong, etc. No, that's a fool's errand. If I go into a room and I do a poll, there are scientific ways to do these things that are, that are successful. It just was that after seeing many of these polls, people got to work. People got people excited for reasons that affect their bottom line. And you know what? It worked. It's not that the polls were wrong. It's that you make the polls in any particular instant. Let's give an example. We had Juanita Jackson here. There are a lot of, there are a lot of Houstonians that looked at crime as the issue that was so large under Hidalgo as if Hidalgo was responsible for this type of a crime. And they gave a narrative that gave the impression that that was the case. The judges were quiet. They couldn't say anything because they cannot talk about their cases. They were concerned about their professionalism. And in being concerned of their professionalism, they hurt themselves. So what did we do and what did many others around the county do? They came on air. They came on in blogs. They came all over to talk to Houstonians, to talk to Harris County folks and say, hey, guys, Here is the reality. You cannot believe what you're hearing on the mainstream media. And here are the facts judging these particular issues. You can't believe what uh, Alexandra Miller and her minions are telling you. They're spending $8.6 million to lie to you, to convince you that somehow these are issues in the state. Well, what was great about this election Here in Harris County, we're not talking about the rest of Texas right now. That's another story that I'll cover in in a little bit. But here in Harris County, it proved that if we have enough people telling the truth, enough people that you respect, that you can listen to, that you you don't need a lot of money. Hidalgo proves that you don't need $8.6 million to win a race when somebody is spending that amount of money to lie on you. 
What you need is the connection to your people. That's why we have a KPFT 90.1 FM Houston as well. Because it's a direct free connection to the people. And what do I mean by free? It's not really free, right? We always ask you guys to call 713-526-5738 and, and help us out here. But you have somebody that's whose only, whose only loyalty is to you. And that's what we did here. So Alexandra spent $8.6 million. And what did it buy her? Did it buy her quite a few votes? It did. Because a lot of folks were convinced on the lies that were being told. But you know what? Enough of us informed enough of our fellow brothers and sisters or fellow citizens that guess what? This is the truth. And I want to use that race, not only the Hidalgo, uh, the Hidalgo Miller race, but all the other races here in Harris County where most of these judges, most of these judges that did nothing wrong to be denied reelection got reelected. And they got reelected on the power, not on money, not on money from the rich fat cats, but they got reelected on the power of you doing the right thing. And in the process of doing that, you ensured. I tell you what, these developers will think twice again before they throw a mattress. Mac is going to think twice. He and his wife, they're going to think twice again before they unload $600,000 that just went poof into the air. I know they, they're made of money, but still yet, these guys that are made of money don't like to give their money away either. Okay. <laughs> mattress. Yeah. Now we have others as well. Um, we we have the, the the brothers who build homes. I don't remember their names. Who build homes? They invested a lot of money. I think it was something like five hundred thousand dollars or something like that. We had all these people put money on this woman. They were gonna they were gonna own her, and they didn't. Hidalgo pulled it out. Well, I should say Hidalgo and Posse pulled it out because Hidalgo could not have done that. On her own, Hidalgo had to have all of you, first of all, but all of those who were out there making sure that the maligning that they did on her was unsuccessful. You know, this isn't about party or anything of that sort. It's about when are we going to bring back dignity into elections? When are we going to bring back dignity into politics? It is okay to have disagreements with people. It is outright horrendous to lie. And that went for the judges as well. No judge who went out there, any judge who went out there and lied about the bail bonds issue, when we know that judges have little control out of what the law had to say. Anybody, any judge that was attempting to be elected and lied with those ads, they disqualified themselves from being a judge. Did you want to say something? I did because I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm also like perusing Twitter. And what I, I saw Lena Hidalgo's tweet, yes. which is really awesome. And what and did then, she say? Oh, Lena Hidalgo said, yesterday, the people of Harris County chose optimism over fear and people over politics. I want to thank each and every voter who showed up to make their voice heard this election. I also want to thank Ms. Mueller for a hard-fought campaign and her military service. 
onward. That's what it, that's what she said to her victory. But under it, because everyone loves just hopping on a, a popular tweet, one of them said about the red wave, and mm-hmm. I'm speaking nationally now. Right. Um, the local elections went mostly essentially how it was expected them to go. But in the national space, I think people, there were two two quotes or two tweets in particular that caught my eye. One of them said, there would have been a red wave had Gen Z people not showed up. That is absolutely and true. Then, and then, uh, I can't pick out the quote just yet, but one of them said, and I want to read the quote, so just give me a second. Um, now... Yeah, I'm so that, sorry. That's that, that's okay. While you do that, I'll, while you search for that yes. quote, I'll, I'll continue with with the narrative. So, uh, and I, I want to give a big applause to Gen Z. You guys have brought your own. You even got your own person elected in Florida. I can't recall his name. Actually, he follows me on Twitter. It's Maxwell. Maxwell. Yeah, he mm-hmm. follows me on Twitter. <laughs> and and uh, so, I mean, uh, he won his election in uh, in. Florida. First Gen Z person, the youngest is he's going to be the youngest person in Congress starting in January. And that that is for me one of the greatest joys in seeing that the next generation, actually two generations behind me, actually getting up and it's a generation and below me. It's I'm, a generation below I'm you. No longer part You're of the no kid. longer part of the kid generation. I mean, but what's no. the quote? So the quote is now if it wasn't for Gen Z, there would have been a red wave. Additionally, the polling shows that this is a Gen Z person speaking. Right. Um, the polling shows that our generation voted for Democrats more than any other group. We are the reason democracy will stand. We have a seat at the table and it's time to start listening. And that hit me only because um, speaking of Maxwell in Florida, how he won the Democratic ticket, he's 25. He's younger than I am. Oh, well. But yeah. um, one of the things he tweeted was he wanted to run because he didn't want to be shot at school. <laughs> and um, with that, I completely, that resonated with me because in the university, right? University, I went to UT. So I, I went to UT Austin. We had a shooter on our campus. I will never forget that day. The sound of the sirens, the SWAT team barreling down the drag. I know what it felt like to be terrified when a guy wasn't, he was an AK-47 he used. He didn't use AR-15. AK-47 came into campus. It wasn't a threat. He took the bus. Right. He took the bus to our university. With an AR-15. With an no, no, with an AK-47. AK-47 yeah, okay. with an AK-47. And that, I can give you like specifics and details about that. And Go ahead and read that first. It says, don't wait. No, and, no, please call. Oh, please call 713-526-5738. And please press number two. Again, the number is 713-526-5738. And press number two. Please call, guys. We would what? love to have you in the conversation. Um, Absolutely, but- we want we want to we want to talk about this election, and we want to make sure that folks uh, get a good feel. Sophia Williams says people are tired of being lied to and talk at. You're absolutely right, Sophia. Thank you for uh, checking in to us over the internet. Oh yeah, and speaking of Gen Z, what I noticed is that you know they're speaking of all the attack ads, and speaking of like bail bonds and the people like being let out and. Um, Rekilling or doing right. crime again. What I did notice is that they seem to be hitting a certain age demographic. Right. And so what I feel is that, and I hate to say it, but the older generations tend to have a more labile uh, emotion towards voting than the younger generations. I feel like the older generations are more susceptible 
to that kind of rhetoric. Whereas um, Gen Z, in my only this is anecdotal, in my anecdotal evidence, tend to use experiences and. Um, well, the Gen Z folks, in my opinion, you guys are just out there. I mean, I'm a millennial. <laughs> okay, well, well, you're a millennial, but Gen Zs are just out there. And you know, let, let me tell you because uh, Daniel and I don't. I'm surprised Daniel hasn't called in yet. But uh, Daniel, who always um, who talks about these these issues, he he does say that uh, the Gen Zs are a lot. They don't take much. In other words, millennials have a tendency to let things slide. They 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 will not participate. They'll just not participate or do things but but he said that burnout <laughs> yeah but but gen z's they take no crap mm-hmm. they just go out there and get things done and i in in dealing with young people in all my activism i i, I tend to agree with that but you know so i i really tend to agree with that anyhow folks um 713-526-5738 the number is 713-526-5738 look we need you to call uh, we have the, all lines are available right now. So don't forget, give us a call. Want to talk to you about the election. Um, Ashley, uh, and uh, the reason I brought this up is uh, when they called it for Fetterman mm-hmm. yesterday, that had a special meaning to you. And uh, and when you woke up this morning, because I don't think you knew that they called I it last night. Until this and I told you this morning mm-hmm. that they, that they, why, why was that special? It was special because it felt validating um, that, Yes, people can see someone, I mean, something in someone who may not operate in the world as they do. Again, he is a stroke survivor. And um, in that, he had essentially some some of the cards stacked against him. But with that, they saw the the foundation, the crux of his his spirit. They saw that he had a fighting spirit. They saw that he was really for the people and that he wasn't. He wasn't essentially groomed right. to be a politician. In other words, like Dr. Oz has been on TV for years. So he has more of a um, pedigree. Pre- a pedigree is presenting um, him as a physician. You know, I'm not sure. But, <laughs> but as a TV um, host personality. and personality, he uh, seems to have that kind of air. And I think that came across. Um, when the election of Pennsylvania happened and seeing, I get, uh, seeing Fetterman's fighting spirit and seeing how much he wanted to stand up for his people. He seemed genuine. Like, I don't live in Pennsylvania. I didn't see any of the other ads. If you had an attack ad or whatnot, but he did. And, you know, in the snips and the shots that I saw and the tweets and looking him up, even on TikTok, he seemed truly genuine. And, um, and it's one thing to be charismatic. There's one thing to be charismatic, but being genuine, you usually can't fake. Usually, some people can fake it, but usually you can't fake that. Right. And he came across as genuine and authentic and honorable. Well, also, given that he had had the stroke, and, and I, I think one of the things that, that us did, or not uh, that us did with him was, as you mentioned in a couple of sessions back, it was condescending the way that he was addressed. And, and, and that's a prop That seemed like a, a, a problem. It seemed like an issue because it felt like he was essentially kicking someone when they were already down. Um, it's something uh, akin to humble bragging, where... Uh, he clearly is in quote unquote above him in that he is an able-bodied person who hasn't gone through that kind of 
brain trauma. So, and, and he also went to medical school, a prestigious, right? He has all right. this prestige, not only with medical school, but with also, um, or residency, whatever. Um, but also in that he's been on TV. He's an entertainer. So it seemed like he was humbly and not in the real definition of the word, but he was humbly essentially gloating how much better he is in his able-bodiedness and his straightforwardness to his, through his career. And he, it felt like he was kind of using that over Fetterman who Fetterman has legit been through something traumatic in his life, overcame it and is still fighting for not only himself, but for others. Right. Anyhow, folks, 713-526-5738 Bronx, New York says our fellow Hispanics let us down again, voting for a Republican party that has no plans to help any minorities and no good uh, policies. Um, l- let me tell you something. I was uh, very concerned initially uh, of, of some of the voting that I saw. Nolan Dearborn says, good morning from sunny California, uncle. Hey, Nolan, how are you doing? Great to see you here. Uh, hey, Nolan. Listening, listening into the program as well. Over the over, I think you're watching it over YouTube. Great. We are all over the place. All right, let's go ahead and get Daniel in. Daniel, come on in, sir. Hello, how are you, Alberto? Great, folks. Let me just uh, let me introduce you. Daniel is the uh, president of uh, Indivisible Houston, and he covers a lot of the local elections and much more. Daniel, give me your breakdown, your thoughts. Let's start with Harris County. What are your thoughts on Harris County? I think Harris County has. So, look, the Republican Party put together. Uh, you know, they they came very very hard. Uh, for different seats, and I'm going to give you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about a little bit of some of the areas where they actually broke through to start. Remember, there, there are five judicial seats where it seems like they're going to break through. Right. Uh, you know, and, and so there is that some of those efforts worked, um, but they're, where they tried hardest of all of their different efforts was at the county judge level. Right. Um, Alex Miller spent millions upon millions of dollars that was handed to her by everyone from Local developers, uh, you know, like weekly homes, five million bucks put into her back pocket. Huge money spent by dark money packs that have popped up overnight. And West Texas, uh, uh, billionaires who believe in a dominionist version of Christianity that is essentially a fascist ideology. And they all popped money into her pocket. Um, you know, not to mention everyone from, from Ted Cruz to all of the local Republicans and everybody else putting their thumb on the scale. And they still couldn't do it. I'm not sure Ted Cruz helped her out, as we all saw the, you know, at the Astros parade. He's not the most popular guy in town. Um, <laughs> that can't but, fly but one way or another. I, I mean, I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, that was not enough. And the Hidalgo campaign was uh, successful because of a lot of the, the hard work that has been put in here in Harris County over the years, and because of all the hard work that has been that has gone into uh, this cycle. I got to give a, a shout out to a couple of people on that. Um, Diana, if, if you're listening, uh, you know, she, you, you're, you're a hero. Um, Very much so. Races the last, last couple of years and, or last couple of cycle, cycles, and you kept up the fight. And it's the people down at the Cornyn protest and the people who have been block walking uh, and, and cl- the clubs in action pack and groups like that. 
that it did a lot of a lot of the hard work that built up that firewall to make sure those that that fifteen thousand vote margin showed up today. So I, I want to stop you right there, D- Daniel. I want to uh-huh. stop you right there for one specific reason because I that that call out that you made is so important because we have to keep those people who are supporting candidates that support the people engage and you're correct diana wrote a hell of a piece in fact i carried it and interviewed her for for the piece as well and uh, many others working i I, we did something with the uh, clubs in action just last week that we posted and made sure a whole lot of people saw that there were i mean uh, i want all these politicians to know the ones who got elected right uh to remember i want them to remember how they got there and, and and to serve the people. These activists are the ones who did it. They are the ones who engage people. In other words, activism and floor, activism and groundwork will beat bill, millions of dollars any day. And the work that you do and many others in this county and throughout this country do are the ones who win elections for you. Continue, please. I just wanted to reiterate that, Daniel. Oh no! I think I agree. I I think you're absolutely right. I think you're looking at look for the first time in history. You're looking at a four-one commissioner's court. I think there it was it was a major discussion discussion point this cycle, and it has been recently about underrepresentation of the Latino community in Harris County. And now you look at commissioner's court. It's three out of five members of the court right. um, are you know are, are, are Latino. So it's it's um, I think that. This has been a, a seismic shift uh, since 2018, in what the ca- and, and really since 2016 in many respects, and even a little bit before that. Right. So let's say over the last decade or so, uh, we've seen a seismic shift in what's going on in Harris County. Uh, we've seen massive movement on the ground, and it's going to have to continue um, because one, these folks are not going to just you know take their money and go home. They're going to keep trying to buy our county. Exactly. And two. Um, a four-one Democratic Commissioner's Court doesn't mean that it's a lock for all the policies that you want. You got to advocate, right? I want to talk to you about that because um, that is something that that has to be watched. In other words, a lot of people think, "Oh, all the folks that um, we got into power now, we know that the people that we serve, which is all the people, that it, they're going to do what needs to be done." Of course, we know better. Tell us a little bit about that. What what do we have to watch out for? Well, so. Judge Hidalgo has passed a, a truly um, revolutionary progressive agenda in a positive way over the last few years. We now have universal pre-K in Harris County uh, and full-throated support for, um, for the Harris County Department of Education. We've seen improvements on the long, along the lines of, of health services that have been offered, and we've seen um, you know, she, she, she had to, to beat, to fend off this extreme position and, and just, just outright lying propaganda campaign from the, uh, you know, from, from the bail bond industry and, um, hard, you know, re- Republicans who are trying to buy our seat. It was just a very cynical campaign that was chock full of lies that were so brilliantly dispelled on some of your recent show, shows regarding bail reform. That, that bail reform, you know, the bail reform, the county bail reform, misdemeanor bail reform that was implemented was nothing short of, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, it was, it was, it was a pot, it was a huge, huge change that gave so many people their rights back. And, um, the bail bond industry didn't like it and ran a campaign based on lies surrounding it for this entire cycle so that they could pad their pockets. So that, and, and there's so many other things we could talk to, talk about, but 
what I'm getting at is these changes wouldn't have happened if we hadn't seen the court change in 2018. And these changes are not guaranteed in the next court, because when you have a 4-1 majority, um, it changes the dynamics. You no longer have a, a thin majority of three people who have to stick together. You have some ideological discrepancies within the majority on the court. So we might even argue that you need people even more so now to call the commissioners, to call the county judge, to show up to commissioner's court, to advocate, write editorials, drop letters to the editor, to protest, to do whatever it is, and whatever it is that it takes to make sure that we see um, the fruits of all of the labor of activists, that we continue to see the expansion of health care programs in Harris County, that we continue to see reform so that we don't have an, a jail that is a, an eyesore, a black eye on us, a moral black eye on us as a county that's, that's nationally and sometimes even internationally pointed to as an enormous problem. Um, you know, that, that's, that's going to take advocacy because if we don't advocate, people will settle back into their roles and vendors will begin to knock at the door again. The judge has turned down vendor money, that's for sure. But what about the rest of the commissioners? I mean, there, there's, there's a lot more work that needs to be done to make sure to hold these people accountable to what they said on their website, but also to move them from the positions that they have that are not aligned with the people who did all that work to make sure that they got into office. So, yeah, in a lot of ways, I mean, the work, I won't say the work starts now because it started before, but it sure needs to continue. I am glad you said that the work starts now. You know, it's an important thing that you just said there. We have to hold all of them accountable because uh, when, you know, folks might look and say, oh, we have a 4-1 court that somehow is more progressive and will do more progressive things. At the same time, we have to watch absolutely all of them to ensure that that is exactly what happens and knowing that the activists who put them well the activists that who actually got them there will continue to be have watchful eyes are important and i think what you're saying there is so i mean what what you said there with respect to we don't know that they're going to follow what they claim they're going to follow on their websites etc is extremely uh important daniel now let's go ahead and uh, expand a little bit further now let's go to the state we're talking to the county level now let's look at the state Talk to me about uh, what was Beto's problem, what was Collier's problem, what was Garcia's problem. Uh, well, you know, look, let me let me just preface this by saying we need some time here, you know, to really figure out what ha- what happened and what because even if we had all the data in front of us immediately, yes. we still need to take the time to read it, and then you need time to think on it and meditate and digest, and you got to look at that in context of anything that happens over the next few months because the story can change, right? right. What people feel, felt yesterday might be different in a month or two, so we so I just want to preface it with that because I see a lot of pundits out there that. I think I think there's a whole cottage industry dedicated to folks who are they have to speak more confidently than they actually have any right to be. And right. I don't want to fall into that. So the morning after election, I always try to temper that a little bit. But what I will say is a couple of things that I think I think these are clear. Mm-hmm. One is people should regard, look, maybe maybe your ideology is a little different than Beto, whatever it is. But if you wanted to see pushback against a far-right, extremist, election-denying, anti-democratic, Republican push in the state of Texas, then you owe Beto a thank you. Because he barnstormed the valley, he barnstormed the cities, and he definitely added to the margins in, in large counties, and he definitely added to the margins in the valley, where there were three seats that were up for grabs, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've talked to you before about it. I'm not shy about it. I don't really think very much of Henry Cuellar. Right. But nevertheless, if you want to, if, if, if you had any interest in how some of these races turned out, you owe it 
a little bit. I mean, you got to owe the credit. You got to give it to Beto O'Rourke that he went down there and did that. He fought an uphill fight. We're a state that we've uh, we've we've very commonly said that Texas is a non-voting state, not a red state. I do think that we need to to calibrate our our statement on that a little bit to be a little bit more nuanced because it seems to give people the impression that if we just brought people out that we would flip it, but every vote is a persuasion vote. Exactly. Um, you know, my friend, Nisha, my friend Nisha says that. We need to be persuading people all the time. We shouldn't assume how people vote one way or another, but we should give them the benefit of the doubt that if we get to have a conversation about their values, about what they think, about what the truth is, that we'll be able to persuade them. But we have to persuade them. We have to have that conversation, let, let me, and we have to inform them. Let me tell you, Daniel, I respect everything that uh, Beto O'Rourke did, and I am not one of those that are going to be there, hidden Beto or hidden uh, hidden Collier or hidden Garcia or any. Let, I am very happy that these guys went out there and opened up 254 counties in Texas. They may not have been successful in winning themselves, but they sure as hell opened the door for a lot. I spoke to some folks in, in Cleveland and other places where, I mean, Cleveland, Texas, where uh, they, 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 his, his, just him going out there and making folks know I am there. Now, there are other things that need to be done, and it's not for, for Beto to do it, or but it's for the grassroots to do it. All those rural areas that won't get their hospitals back because uh, Greg Abbott is not going to sign on to the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. They needed, we needed to have a, a, a grassroots culture in those areas, letting folks know that your hospital closed because they refused to accept the money. We needed to do that grassroots work. And, and it's a learning experience, and we'll do it. And on, on the internet, I want to welcome Dilbert Doe and Hijack Sarafani, as well as Bronx, New York, Nolan Dearborn, Sophia Williams, Joan Mara. Thank you for watching us here on, on the internet. But Daniel, um, give me a closer. I need to go to Baba Chakwe. Yeah, sure. I mean, everybody keep up the fight. If you don't know how, you can always reach out to Indivisible Houston. That's Indivisible, like One Nation, Indivisible Houston, like this wonderful city that we live in, .org, IndivisibleHouston.org. And let's get in touch. Um, remember to keep pushing. Remember to keep fighting for sure. Uh, and, and, you know, changes here. We talked about it after 2020. We're not the, the fascists are not going to take the country. They're not taking the county, um, but we've got to materialize that. We've got to make that happen. Um, but I'll be, you know, I'm going to be danged if that's going to happen. And I think there are a lot of people out there who believe that too. And if you're one of those people, I mean, it, it doesn't matter how long you've been engaged in politics or if you know what it's like or what's going on in it, there is something that you can do. So I would just say everybody keep pushing, but continue to. And if you haven't been engaged before, there's still room for you. Welcome to democracy. I appreciate you. And thanks for being a member of the Free and Independent Press, Egberto. Thank you so kindly, Daniel. And you keep up the great work. You're respected out here, brother. All right? Thank you, brother. Talk Take to you care. soon. All right. Let's go to Baba. Baba, come on in. Hey, good morning, Egberto, my good. brother. How are you doing, my brother? Talk to me. I'm better. Listen, I'm sure that you, with what I detect... Uh, and discern with the with the expanse of the political knowledge you have, as well as the experience you've had, have had this question asked of you. Uh, but I will say, as a septuagenarian uh, approaching 70, I've never heard this question asked, nor, and obviously, since I haven't heard it asked, obviously, there's been no answer. And that is this right here. When you consider, Egberto, that Every political office from the lowest level, which would be a state council person, I think, unless I'm mistaken, is that right? Yeah, that would, that's good. The, that's, you know, I, okay. I, yeah. Every political office holder 
has layers. Watch me, Egberto. Layers of staff people that are designed to supposedly filter the particular request for communication from their constituents. And then on top of that, depending on what the particular request is, will depend upon whether or not you get a response from a particular staff person, not the elected official. So, and, and you know if that's the way it is at the at the uh, the uh, legis- I mean the city council level. Imagine going up to a state level. I mean, you, and you forget you can forget senatorial and uh, representatives and president. So here's my question to you, my brother. Would you please out and, uh, and judges are a special case. Let me just say, so you singing their praises, and and well, they probably do probably deserve it if you're singing their praises, but I'll say this, since judges have to have maintain the air of partiality, impartiality, and I do mean that is the, the impression or the air of impartiality, because ain't nobody impartial on nothing. Because when jurors on a jury and they're asking you, can you fairly impartially, they lying. Mm-hmm. Nobody can be impartial. Right. But, of course. So give me the My question, brother. Give me the question. Give me the question. Give me the question. I got you, brother. I got you. I'm getting to the question, man. I'm getting to the question. Okay. What are you doing? You get, are you getting the face with me? No, 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 no. I just want to get to the question so I can get it well, for I'm you. Getting, I, everything I've said is to give you a background to what the question is, brother. Okay. Let me hear it. The question is this. Tell us how, what steps do can any citizen take to hold somebody accountable that you can't ever get to see or talk to. That's the question. Okay, here, here's the deal, brother. Listen to me and listen to me good, all right? Ooh. Listen you to me. You talking to an elder like that? No, no, you're my friend, aren't you? Yeah, but I'm an elder, too. For you to tell me that an elder to listen to you good? You're no. from my motherland, brother. No, you just, you brother, 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 I am in your age group, and we are brothers. We are. We oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I apologize. No. Oh, forgive me. Please forgive me, Egbert. No, Would you please? No, no. Come on. You, you know we're together, man. You know I love you, man. Come on. Okay. Let's get busy. Let's get right. busy. You ready? Yes. Let's get busy. All okay, right. Let's, let's get ready for the answer. Here we go. Look, you will never, and turn down your phone a little bit if you don't mind, my dear friend, so we don't, because it comes over a little bit. But here's, here's the answer, I'm sir. I'm sorry, yeah. No, no I problem. I apologize. I should know better. Yeah, my brother, you. here is the answer, my dear friend. Here's the answer. You, we have very little control in talking directly to any of our politicians. It's, it's just almost an impossibility. But you know how we speak to them, sir? We speak no, to them with our vote and with our activism. That person that called earlier is a buddy of mine, and he's a hell of an activist here in Houston. And you know what we do, sir? We get yes, things sir. done. We make sure okay. folks get elected or de-elected with yes, our activism. So it, you don't have to speak to Lena Hidalgo. You don't have to speak to, to, uh, to Miller. You don't have to speak to any of them. Your vote speaks to them. The activism they're going to see when you don't agree with them, they are going to see. As you mentioned earlier, when you spoke to me, you said that they have people who are listening, communication directors, communication absorbers, and everything else. So they are informed, my brother, Baba Chakwe. Okay? So that is the you. answer, sir. All right? Thank you. I love you, man. You, you, did you forgive me uh, for... Um, there's um, no, brother, there's no forgiveness. You're my brother. You know? Come on okay, now. All right. All right you, thank, thank you for you. calling, I sir. And don't forget, tell yes, folks about you. our pro, our station, all right? Uh, 
I will. I love you too, man. Love you too, brother. Take care. All right, let's go to Peggy. Peggy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm just waking up here. Hey, wait, let me let me check first. Is this my friend Peggy Lopez? Yes. Hey, Peggy, talk to me. <laughs> I worked yesterday from six in the morning until nine o'clock last night. Oh. And I I realized that I live I've always known I live in Tea Party Central here in the far north of California. Mm-hmm. And yesterday I got such a heavy dose of the maganus oh, boy. where I live. It was interesting. I uh I got to agree with them when I agreed with them. I don't think any of them know what my politics are. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of them. They, I was in a uh, in a precinct that I don't live in, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was a great, wonderful, interesting day. But it left me exhausted. But you you had so, good conversation, didn't you? Great conversations, yes. wonderful conversations. It was just a wonderful day, and and I decided. Because I spent all day with them, and they are in such a bubble, mm-hmm. and they knew all of the people that came through because they belonged to the same, same groups and everything. Groups, yeah. And so that was an interesting thing to see how they feed off of each other, right? But and so I and I've been, you know, you, Michael Moore, and me, we all agreed that there was not going to be a red tsunami yes. or whatever you call that. Yes. That we've been preaching that, it, haven't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I tried to tell him last night when we shut the machine down, it said how many Republicans and how many Democrats had mm-hmm. voted through the day. But there was an awful lot of mail-in ballots that mm-hmm. were not included in that count, but they were all sort of on a kind of a high because everybody that came through was except for three was a Republican. Right. And I kept saying, you know, there's a lot of mail-in ballots. There's a lot of mail-in ballots that we don't really know. Oh no, we know, we know. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what, Peggy, I don't know if I told you this, but I am thanking all of you guys who have been so powerful in, and so brave in doing what you guys did to go work those polls. I understand what it's like. I used to do it. I used to be a, a judge and at the uh, poll and all that kind of stuff where you are locked in for 12, 14 hours. It right. takes stamina. You, girl, you got it going on. And I would, I'm hoping that when I'm 82 and I get another opportunity to do it, that I will go do it again. Well, I mean, I had a wonderful time. I used to, you know, I used to walk the streets, mm-hmm. and but because I'm uh, crippled up, uh, I got. Um, I, I'm a retired truck driver, and the last day I drove, I had a gun put to my head, oh. and I had a truckload of stuff fall on me, and that was like two days before nine eleven. Ouch! And. When 9-11 hit, I uh, couldn't get out of bed. I was I was a mess for about a year and a hey, half, and Peggy, I still am, but, huh. I want to jump to another call, but before I jump to another call, I want to ask oh, you this. Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. I want to ask you this. No, good. Still got a pink here? Did you I, have the pink here then? Did you have the pink here then? No, I didn't get the pink hair till I got my balloon business. <laughs> okay, but hey, by the way, I still want my I still want my my straw. What is it, strawberry jam or something like that? Well, you're you're too late. We're about to make uh, blackberry jam. Well, you know, I'm putting into my order for my blackberry jam. <laughs> well, you gotta send me an address to send it. I know I'm going to do that. I forgot to do it for the last <laughs> one, but I'm going to do that. But thank you, Peggy. You have a wonderful day. Okay. 
You too. I'm loving that the news is good. Thank you kindly. You have a great day. All right, let's go to Brad from Spring Branch. Come on in, Brad. All right, Egberto, what did we learn from yesterday? What did we learn from yesterday? We, You know what? And I hope you and I are going to learn the same thing. I learned that it's not about money. It's about activism. It's about talking to your people. When I say your people, I'm talking to everybody, letting folks know the truth. And if you have a good message that is truthful, that folks can buy, you can win. Why did you? No, learn? that's not. What, no, we learned three things. One, Texas is red. Uh-huh. Deal with it. Two, okay. Two, Harris County is blue, at least for the rest of the decade. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. And three, Unlike with the Republicans, why they changed the law, why you can't vote straight Democrat, straight Republican, we found out that Democrats are not lazy. You know something, man? I, I, I like the way you think so so succinctly. But you know what? I want to be a little bit more esoteric than that so that we can bring more folks aboard, Brad. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're right. Of course, you're right. You know, Texas is still very red. But my contention is when it's for me, it's not about red or blue. It's about doing the right thing. Right. So I'm not asking people to change their party affiliation. I honestly am not care. I don't care if somebody keeps or change your party affiliation. You know what I want them to do, Brad? Tell me. I want them to vote their interest. And if they vote their interest, I don't care if you're blue or red. Think about this. If you live in Yoakum, Texas, all right, you lost your your local hospital because Texas decided not to take the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. And therefore, that hospital doesn't have the finances to stay alive because people can't afford to pay the bills that that hospital needs to stay alive. So it closes. Those folks have to fly into uh, the closest major city for any kind of support. All right. That's not a red or blue thing. I can tell you, or do you want to, do you want that kind of support? Then these are the particular politicians that will actually give you that. But we don't campaign in that way, Brad. We just campaign in blue and red. Don't you agree? That is true. We do. And, and I'm saying, so when I told you, you know, when you say, uh, Texas is red, Harris County is blue. And you know what? Democrats aren't lazy. They'll go ahead and vote all the way down the ticket. Well, you know, you're right. But I want it to be more than that. I want to talk to my red brothers, too. Brothers and sisters, too. Right. Right. Come on. All right. You agree? Yeah, I agree. But you have to also understand there's a lot of people don't make it a priority because, you know, they work 40 hours a week. Yes, you're right. Families, they're tired and they got other priorities. Brad, you're right. Again, you know, you're right. I'm not going to argue that. You're right. But anyhow, anything else you want to add, sir? No, just have a good day. You have a wonderful day, Brad, and keep on listening and tell folks about us. Anyhow, folks, uh, we have a few more minutes, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Your thoughts on the election? I still have a few more things that I want to add, but of course you have priorities, 713-526-5738. Currently, the Senate has not been decided, but it seems like um, Arizona's... He's going to bring it in for Kelly. 
Killer may come in in Arizona. Uh, Mastos may come in in, uh, in New Mexico, even though she's behind. The idea is that a whole lot of votes that are out are likely to be her votes. So we'll see. And of course, Warnock and Walker are going to a, uh, to a reelection. Why is that important? And why are we talking about that locally? Uh, the makeup of the Senate is going to be very important for the judges. If you notice under Brother Trump, we got judges that are a clear and present danger to America. And that is not me saying that only. That is uh, folks that know. I mean, if you're going to live by a constitution and follow a constitution, a constitution is a must. And we have uh, judges right now that are not following these rules. Let me explain. Right. Because this is important. A few months ago, I've wrote, written some articles about how do you, how do you legally, how do you legally have a democracy that is anti-democratic? Let me explain. Right now, we have three branches of government, the executive, the judiciary, and the legislative portion of government. Okay. Three parts of government. And they are supposedly co-equal. That's not true, but they are supposedly co-equal. All right. Now, if we get, if we elect the people that we want, if the masses, the masses of people elect those who they want, we elect the senators we want, we elect the Congress people we want, and we elect the president that we want. Guess what happens? Let's guess what happens if, if when you start to have a corporate controlled judiciary, this is what happens. Okay. As a society, we decide that we want Healthcare for all. As a society, we decide that we want family leave. As a society, we decide that we want child care. Three of the major things that progressives like and most Americans say that they want. All right? Now, Congress, the, the, the state, the, the representative, the House of Representatives passes a law that supports all those particular issues. And then the Senate approves all those laws and it goes to a president who signs that law. Some corporation goes ahead and it goes ahead and it gets somebody that they claim has something called standing, right? So this corporation comes in and says, I don't want, I don't want, Peggy wants to see your face. I don't want, okay, and listen good, I don't want that, the corporation tells the government, right? And they go ahead and they sue in the courts. And you know what that court does if it's a corporate-owned court? It doesn't look at the Constitution to see if this is really something that is unconstitutional, it finds some way because they are not, when you get to the Supreme Court, their answers are not, are, are, are cannot be questioned. So the corporations, you, we, we give Medicare, Medi- uh, health care for all, we give family leave, we give child care. And the corporation thinks that because that means you have to pay more, the wealthy has to pay more taxes to take to make sure society is a livable society. The, the corporations then sue after they sue the judges rule in their favor and marks the bills passed by the people. Because remember, Congress, the Senate and the president are the ones that represent the people. Right. But if you have a purchase per former president, 
Trump that goes ahead and assign judges that are undeserving of those jobs that can be bought, then those judges rule all those bills unconstitutional. And then it removes the power of the people because nine people up in the Supreme Court, likely we're talking about five people in the Supreme Court, decides that something is unconstitutional and the will of the people then is denied. Do you get it? Do you get what minority rules look like? Do you get why Mitch McConnell only cared about making sure EE dissolves all kinds of rules to make sure and not and not uh, uh, approve of President Obama's Supreme Court justice, but he waited and waited and waited and approved all of Trump's, including right before the election. Do you wonder why? These are the things that we don't speak about. These are the things we don't know about because, again. We don't learn civics in school anymore. We don't learn what it is to be a responsible citizen anymore. We don't learn all these things that we should be learning, but we don't anymore. And henceforth, what we get is the ability for minority rule because we use the entire constitution against ourselves. It is something that very few people take a look at. You know, uh, a, a lot of politicians, they're no longer necessarily looking for the majority anymore. Because once you have instituted minority rule, I mean, the country was founded on minority rule. 50 states, each has two senators. California has 40 million people. One of the Montana, not Montana, one of these other small states have less than a million people. And they all get two senators. That means... The delusion, I mean, that means that the people's voice in California is worth that much less than the people's voice in North Dakota or South Dakota. Okay? These are things that we have to fix. These are things that we have to create with our vote, with our activism, with everything else. These are things that's a must. These are things that we here at KPF Politics and Right at KPFT. Why do we talk about these issues? We talk about these issues because it is essential, it is fundamental that we get it, that we get it so that they can't snow you with an ad on TV, so that they can't show you something on on TV and have you say, oh, okay, is that the way things really work? No, it is essential, folks, that we participate in our body politics, it is essential that we do not allow going forward money to control what happens in this country. It is, it is still at a point that we can make that change. It is still at the point. And you know what? This election proved right here in Houston with Lina Hidalgo and Alexandra Miller that $8.6 million dollars is not enough to defeat the truth. And if we replicate this throughout the state, throughout the city, throughout the country, we can start electing people who serve the people and not people who serve the mighty dollar and corporations, etc. So folks, I want to first congratulate Houston 
and Harris County for doing the right thing, for learning, for mitigation, for ensuring, for ensuring that ultimately we didn't allow ourselves to be bought. Now, we have to replicate this throughout Texas now because Texas has proven that it still has a ways, ways to go. When you have people who vote for people who took their hospitals away, when we have people who vote for people who took their roads away, who took their health away, when we have that, it means there's that much more work to be done. And politics done right here at KPFD, I guarantee you it's one of the pieces of the puzzle that we will tackle, along with all the other activists, not only here in Harris County, but throughout the entire country. Remember, folks, it is essential. It is essential for us to participate. It is essential for us to integrate. It is essential for us to love thy neighbor, including those that you call my right-wing folk. They're my brothers and my sisters, just like my left-wing folk. Because we have to let everyone understand that we are in the same boat. And it's just a few that's trying to create a division between us, among us, that's going to make the difference. So, folks, don't you forget, remember KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Tell your folks about it. Tell everybody about it because we are making a difference in this community. This is your station. We want your support. So don't forget to go to kpft.org and make sure that we remain funded as well, folks. That is what it's going to take. That is what it's all about. Please be a part. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how I end this. Baby, I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.